This is Voices of Texas, the podcast about Texans. Recording from Brownwood, in the heart of Texas, here's your host, Matthew Hinman. Welcome back to Voices of Texas, the podcast about Texans. We know Texas is well known for its barbecue joints. Communities from the smallest of 200 population like Valera to the Metroplex and the capital city seem to have at least one barbecue establishment. Of course, Texas is known also for its barbecue cook-offs, with festivals being held like almost year-round in every corner of the Lone Star State. Well, Daniel Vaughn is the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly Magazine, and although a longtime barbecue blogger, since 2013 he's been writing professionally about Texas barbecue and has been traveling the state ever since, sampling those saucy slices of Southern cuisine. He joins me today from his home in Dallas, Texas. Daniel, welcome to Voices of Texas. Oh, well, thanks for having me. So how do you get started writing full-time about Texas barbecue? <laughs> well, you have to write for free for several years. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you do so, before the beforehand? Well, uh, I was actually, I went to college just to be an architect, and oh, I was a professional architect for uh, 12 years. And uh, it was actually about, I'd say, eight years ago where I really got interested in um, in blogging about barbecue. So uh-huh. I'd, I'd started by traveling this uh, really a, a big road trip down to Central Texas, uh, where my whole point was I wanted to go down to Central Texas and see what all this fuss was about. Like, what what was it with all these barbecue places that everybody said it was, these were the best, you have to come here to get the best. I lived in Dallas for several years before then, and I was thinking to myself, well, I mean, how much better could it really be? I mean, all, all, there, all there really is is good barbecue everywhere, right? There's no such thing as bad barbecue is, is my thought. Um, now that I'm on the flip side of that, there's a lot of bad barbecue out there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> once, sure there is. Once you've had the good stuff, it's uh, it's hard to go back. Um, and so, anyway, I uh, went on that big road trip, and it that was in uh, August 2006. And from that point on, it really, uh, well, it certainly changed my perspective on barbecue. But it also, it also had me going out and you know sampling all over the Dallas Fort Worth area. I was somehow naively had convinced myself that, you know, really nobody has just looked deep enough or far enough around the DFW area. Barbecue that good must exist around here somewhere. It's just, uh, there's just some rock out there that hasn't been turned over yet. And so I spent a lot of time traveling around DFW trying to find that place. Um, it never did happen. Not back then anyway. Our, uh, our quality of our barbecue here these days is ramped up quite a bit over the last, uh, probably four years. But back then it was kind of a fool's errand to try and find it. Uh, so I went all over DFW and ended up uh, getting a gig to write the best barbecue joints in Dallas list. It was actually best barbecue joints in Dallas and Fort Worth for D Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my That was my first feature article, uh, and it was a big one. I mean, it was a cover story. It was... Um, certainly read all over the Dallas Fort Worth area. Anytime you put a list out with barbecue on it, people tend to listen. Oh yeah. Uh, barbecue covers sell quite well in the magazine industry. So, um, that did well for me. Uh, ended up just spending more time traveling further around the state than just Dallas and Fort Worth. And, um, you know, Texas monthly eventually came calling because they did a barbecue app 
and it was the barbecue finder app. There's they a had, barbecue finder app. There is a barbecue <laughs> finder app. Yeah, if you if you search the app store for Texas Monthly Barbecue Finder, it'll show up, or just Texas Monthly oh, Barbecue will probably do as well. And so when Texas Monthly was putting that together, they had uh, all the reviews of their latest top fifty, but uh, that's about all they had really. So they wanted to populate that with a lot more information, a lot more reviews and barbecue joints. And so they teamed up with me and they, uh, they, they paid to use my content and put it on the blog or put it on the app. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of started our, for, our first formal relationship. I, I did a little bit of freelance work for them and did some stuff on their, uh, on their food blog. And then, uh, I, I went to, a conference, uh, or I guess symposium for the Southern Foodways Alliance. And when I went to that conference, I had, uh, well, I, I started introducing myself as an architect, and by the end of the weekend, I was introducing myself as a food writer. It, it, just, <laughs> it just seemed to fit, and that, that kind of transformation in the way I was speaking about myself, it, it really was also a transformation in the way I was feeling about the direction I should be going. Right. Um, Architecture had become somewhat unfulfilling. I mean, I I was certainly successful in it, and and I loved the firm that I worked for. But uh, uh, you know, once you once you move up in architecture, you're basically moving up into the role of of a project manager, and yeah. you end up. Well, uh, clearly, you found your calling. Yeah, you end up dealing with people and answering emails all the time, and you know, here I had Texas Monthly offering me to drive around the state and eat barbecue and write about it, so. Now there has to be some physical consequence there, <laughs> and I'm sure you've been talked to talked to about that before. Oh yeah, um, well you know the uh, yeah the medications I'm on have have certainly changed, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah the blood pressure we're working on that it's it's fine now. Uh, the cholesterol is doing well. Good, but good. yeah, certainly uh, you know you go from. Eating barbecue as a hobby on nights, you know, nights and weekends, mainly weekends, to uh, essentially. I mean, I <laughs> let me just give you an example today. I went to a uh, went to a barbecue joint here in town called the Slow Bone, and I went there with the express purpose of eating a vegetarian meal. Oh because, my! Yeah, because they I'd been eating I've been eating barbecue for uh, like the last seven or eight days straight, and many or a few of those days, quite a bit of barbecue. So. I uh, I needed to detox a little bit, and so I went into the slow bone. I got my vegetarian plate, and then I got home, and a package that I had ordered from Jack Stack Barbecue in Kansas City had showed up. And so, I saw that. Yeah, so there was my uh, <laughs> my day off of barbecue was was gone. I I put the I put those beef short ribs in the oven to warm warm them back up in a water bath, and they were ready in time for dinner and. Yeah, that was dinner. So much so, for that. So so much for the day without barbecue. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine that in the, in, in your career. Uh, so, what are some of the more interesting barbecue joints you've been in? Now, we're not talking about the the the, the product itself, but the uh, the atmosphere, the environment. What are some of the more interesting barbecue joints? Well, this uh, this isn't just a plug for the for the twenty five best new places, but uh, you know, we put out an article recently of the of the 25 best new and improved barbecue joints right. in yeah. Texas. And in that is um, we had to make it new and improved because of one place down in Hallettsville, Texas. Now, Hallettsville is uh, in between Houston and San Antonio on I-10. 
uh, well, it's actually about 17 miles south of I-10. And it's a little place called Kolochny Barbecue. And it's such an interesting place because, well, first of all, when I, when I saw a listing for it, you know, I saw a listing on on Yelp. I saw a kind of a dummy Facebook page, you know, the one that Facebook makes for a business on mm-hmm. just a, a generic listing. Yeah, just a generic listing. And so I saw these and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go down to Hallettsville to, to try this other place, Nova Sads, that's in town because I needed to go down there and eat the lamb ribs. And uh, I'll swing by this uh, Kolochny barbecue place, and, and certainly it's closed, but I might as well go drive by it and make sure. Well, so I drive by, and it was on a, I don't know, Thursday or Friday, and it has, you know, fresh paint job, this pink building with a dancing pig and a chicken on the side of it, and it says Kolochny barbecue opens uh, open Saturday and Sunday. So I certainly couldn't go eat there that day, and... Uh, I actually came back by early in the morning. I had to get out of town early in the morning. I thought maybe this was it was the kind of place that was just serving early in the morning, you know, kind of like a Snow's barbecue in Lexington that opens at 8 a.m. But uh, but no, they they didn't open till 11. So mm-hmm. I had to wait to come back, and I I just didn't know, didn't have any idea of the kind of quality of barbecue I was going to find there. I literally couldn't find a thing written about them other than. There was a, a blog of some uh, a guy talking about his family reunion and just mentioned the fact that he got Kolochny barbecue sausage. That was it. Like no description of if the sausage was even any good. And so I waited a while before I could actually make it down there on a on a Saturday. And I drove down with my kids, and uh, we uh, we stopped at Snows along the way, you know, to make sure a little insurance, make sure I've got a good barbecue meal in me. Because, again, I did, didn't know what I was going to find at this place. And we continue on down to Hallettsville. They open at 11. I got there at 11.40, thinking for sure that you know I'd have my, have my pick of whatever. And they were already sold out of brisket and ribs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, wow. exactly. So you walk in the place, and it's, um, there's just a small counter. There's a, a menu up that's uh, up behind it, which you're just certain this menu isn't accurate because of how low the prices are. Mm-hmm. I mean, brisket was like uh, $10 a pound. A half oh chicken half chicken was $4. Wow. I mean, you're just certain that these prices, uh, you know, they've somehow kept some relic uh, from the past up on the wall. But uh, lo and behold, those were the prices. And then you walk back uh, in, in through a uh, glass door back into the pit room. And back in the pit room is actually where you place your order. And so Irvin Kolochny is working back there, working the pits. It's a couple of big steel pits with, uh, you know, big flat, the flat pits, like a box pit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the big lid, big heavy steel lid that opens up from the top. With a counterweight and on the other with, side. Exactly. Yeah. With the yeah. counterweight, there's a, there's a big fire going on, uh, going on outside where he's burning coals down, bringing it in by the shovel full to heat the pits up and to cook the barbecue. He's mop, he's got this big mop bucket of vinegar mop and this cotton mop that he's mopping all these chickens and pork steaks with that are left, and it was just this scene of, uh, you know, how, how does this place that cooks that like this, this hill country style, how does this place exist? It's still open for business, and I've never, I can't find a single thing about it, you know, and. Uh, so I order my food, go outside and eat it, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, I got 
that day I got their homemade sausage. I got uh, the pork steak, uh, which is just a big, thick slice out of the pork shoulder. And, uh, uh, oh, so the, the chicken, sausage, and pork steak. And like I said, the brisket and ribs were gone. And I, I even, you know, asked, like snooped around and, hey, you got, I see some briskets in there. So uh, what's going on? Oh, somebody called earlier this morning, and those are already taken. They need them for a party. It's like, you can't just give me a slice off of one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't having it. So oh, my. Uh, a couple of weeks later, I had to come back and came back down on a Sunday. This time, uh, on my way down, I called in my order. And this time when I got there, I got there right about when they opened. And so they were still at the height of business. And one of the most memorable things about it was all the regulars were lined up to pick up their orders that they had already called in. And every one of them had a metal pot of some sort. <laughs> and the pot is what they loaded their barbecue up in. Oh, so they, sure. They, they took the pot back to the cutting room, back to the pit room. Uh, and Irvin cut everything up right there, put it in their pot. They brought it up to, to Carolyn, who runs the counter. And th- they had masking tape on each one of the pots with the tear weight of each container. Sure, sure. So <laughs> they already they were you know, weighted out. Uh, obvious that these are regulars, right? This is their Kolochny barbecue pot designated. And so they, uh, yeah, so they're weighing it all up um, right in the pot right there, put the lid back on, and, and off they go. It was, it was just one of those scenes like this is. Uh, this doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. My goodness. So uh, let's look at the flip side of that then. Are, are there some really terrible barbecue dishes you've tried? I, I can't say I've had horrible barbecue, but I have some that I just don't like as good as others. Yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly been some bad ones out there. Um, I mean, I like to tell people that really as far as a percentage, like 10% of it's great. About uh, the middle 80% is somewhere hovering around, um, you know, average. Consumable. Consumable, exactly. <laughs> nothing offensive, but right. nothing that you're really going to write home about. And then ten, the, the other 10% is just straight up bad. Okay. Uh, one of them, <laughs> one of them that was uh, particularly memorable, it's, it's now closed, but uh, it was up in North Dallas and they had... Um, they had this brisket, and you could get the garlic-infused brisket. Hmm. And when I got the slices, it looked like the slices of brisket had some sort of like war wound. Uh, some, and it was they had taken the the jarred garlic, you know, the the garlic that's already cut up and mm-hmm. in olive oil, and they took this jarred garlic and they put it in a big injection, you know, a big injector, a big syringe, and they had injected this brisket. So you had this. Uh, you had this, you know, chopped garlic, giant holes that were filled with chopped garlic, and it just tasted rancid. I mean, it was nothing. There was no other way to describe it. And of oh, course, my. you know, this is this brisket is infused with this garlic, and so it's every bite has this flavor in it. Right. Uh, needless to say, there weren't a whole lot of bites that I took, but uh, yeah, guess. and it, it was included in a. And a post that I wrote, this was actually a, a couple of years ago, and uh, it was just all about some particularly bad barbecue that I'd eaten. And it's funny because you get so many people who, um, they, they, uh, they say that they want to hear all the positive and all the negative as well. And 
you never get the kind of backlash for a positive post that you get for one like this. And you, know, you put this and it's like, well, these people are working hard and how can you bash their barbecue when they're really working hard? And, you know, there's, there's only, there's only so much, uh, only so much flavor that working hard can provide. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't know what you're doing and you have no business cooking barbecue, yeah. I, you know, I have some sympathy for all the hard work you're doing, but if all you're giving me is something that's not worth paying for, I'm, right. I have a hard time not calling you out. So if I if I had uh, uh, no concern of the cost involved, and I decided I wanted to get the best the best barbecue in Texas, where should I go? Well, you know, in 2013 was when our latest top 50 came out mm-hmm. for Texas Monthly, and uh, for that one, we we put Franklin Barbecue right at the top, and we called them the best barbecue joint in the world. Right. And I mean, it's, it's fantastic. The thing about that place is, is the consistency, you know, the, and and they have to with the long lines. I mean, you could, you might wait three, four, sometimes five hours to get into the door, depending on how well you plan ahead. And, uh, you know, there's a reason that people still stand in line every day and it really is the consistency. It's the, the product that you get at the end of it, that big plate of barbecue that you get is just incredible. The brisket, uh, there's, there's hard. It's hard to find a brisket that uh, is its equal. That's for sure, wow. and the the and that's every single slice, and hmm. that's what's so special about it. Now, the, I, when I kind of started off at the beginning, I was talking about some of those really small towns like Valera and Wingate. Uh, they're really tiny communities out here in in West Central Texas. Uh, there's a place out there in Valera called Big O's. Have never been there. I've driven by there a thousand times, and Valera is a very small community. And I think there's a place called the Shed over in Wingate, and I haven't eaten there either. But have you been to either of those establishments? Well, my understanding is the Shed and Wingate is closed. Are they out of business now? Okay, that's that's my understanding. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll go back and look now that you mentioned them again. Yeah. Um, and Big O's, I have gone by Big O's at one point, and it was closed. Yeah. Uh, just that's some the- odd hours. Just for the day, but I haven't been back through. Do you like it? I haven't been there yet. I've driven past a couple of times and keep saying I'm going to stop in there one day, but I, I've never done it. But everybody that I've talked to that has eaten there just raves about how great it is. But All right, again, well, if you, they're, if you, they're not barbecue critics either. <laughs> well, if you get there before I do, then you can you can I, give me your report. I'll give, you, I'll give you a holler. So what makes Texas barbecue so unique? I mean, we think about all the different national barbecue types and not just sauces, but meats obviously vary from area to area. What makes Texas barbecue so unique? And then what about variations within the Lone Star state itself? Yeah, well, you know, Texas barbecue is, I've said in the past that it actually has a lot of similarities with North Carolina barbecue. And people laugh at that because of the great differences in the, in the, uh, meats that are used in the barbecue, you know, and in the Carolinas, if it's not pork, it's just not barbecue. And in Texas, we love our beef and our beef brisket, but, uh, you know, it's still, the Carolinas are two States that still really value all wood cooking. And Texas is the same way. And that's one, one thing I love about Texas is that you travel around and the people who are still cooking with all wood, which is, uh, you know, certainly a, a nice large percentage of the barbecue joints out there are so proud of it. And it's something they advertise. It's something that they want to continue doing. They, uh, they view shortcuts and, you know, 
the gas-fired rotisseries out there is just unacceptable. Just something that they would, uh, you know, it's kind of over my dead body kind of thing. Uh-huh. And and that sort of pride of of still cooking with wood, still cooking barbecue the old way, is something that I really love about about Texas barbecue. Um, certainly outside the state, we're known just for our brisket. Uh, these days, some of the barbecue joints that are Texas style are also adding in the beef short ribs. So we're quickly getting known for those as well, although those are a kind of relatively recent addition to the Texas barbecue menu. Um, but one of the things that I think separates Texas from pretty much every other barbecue style out there is the importance of the smoked sausage. And you know I think that goes certainly goes back to the meat market days when you had all these uh, Czech and German butchers who were making their own sausage out of the scraps or out of meat that might be about ready to turn. And so they, you know, fill up these sausage links and smoke them and serve them along with the barbecue. And and that's something that has carried on in Texas. Even if it's store-bought sausage, you're uh, almost certain to find sausage as a menu item in Texas uh, at all the barbecue joints. And the ones that make their own, again, that's kind of a point of pride for those places. And that's part of their barbecue identity. That's something that they want to be known for. It's it's not like sausage is just an afterthought or mm-hmm. you know something something that's sort of a crowd pleaser. Like it, it's, it's like a craft. It's a craft yeah, and, it, exactly. and it's a signature for these places. You know, you go to mm-hmm. City Market down in Luling and you know it's this ring sausage. It's all almost all beef. There's a little bit of pork trimming in there as well. Salt and pepper and really not a whole lot else. And they're just fantastic. You know, they're juicy. They've got this uh, great snap to the casing. Then you dip it in their barbecue sauce, which is a kind of a mustard ketchup mix, and it's mm. it's, it's really a fantastic bite of barbecue. Uh, so it's fun to be able to see how those see those variations as well. So you get down to the Beaumont area, and they have their really their own way of cooking sausage. And it's uh, instead of pork casings, they use beef casings. And instead of really simple, kind of subtle seasonings, they just go, I mean, all out with uh, lots of garlic, chili powder, uh, some cayenne, of course, salt and pepper, wow. and, and a lot more fat, too. So you get this kind of red fat running out of these things. Uh, they call them uh, garlic bombs or grease balls, <laughs> either one. So, yeah, you find these down in the Beaumont and Port Arthur area. And so it's fun for me to really go around and see all these different variations across the state. Wow. Now you mentioned before about getting some barbecued lamb. And I think that down here in central Texas, we see a lot of uh, goat uh, barbecue cabrito, as they call mm-hmm. it down here, cabrito. Yeah. And in regionally, it seems like in different parts of Texas, there's just different meats that are used um, almost geographically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the case. Now, with with the variation in meats, what about sauces? I mean, barbecue sauce seems to be uh, everybody has their own style, their mm-hmm. own way of doing things. What is it about sauces? Well, you know, the variation in barbecue sauces that I see has a lot less to do with the geography and a lot more to do with the age of the barbecue joint. So if you're uh, talking about a, an older barbecue joint, you know, one that's 50 years or older that still serves the original recipe sauce. Uh, chances are it's going to be a thinner sauce. It's going to have more vinegar. It's going to be a lot less sweet and it's going to have just a lot more pucker to it. It's okay. also going to be used as a dip rather than being used as a sauce that's poured over top of the meat. 
Right. And and that really just goes back to the old way of making barbecue sauce. I mean, you weren't, uh, you know, if you're back in, you know, back a century ago, you weren't going to make a barbecue sauce that wasn't shelf stable. You weren't going to put a bunch of tomatoes and, and sugar together and um, hope for the best. Like that's going to spoil, right? Exactly. But if you take a, a barbecue sauce that's, you know, got a little bit of mustard in it and it's mainly vinegar and water, uh, a little Worcestershire, you know, you put that stuff together and that's that's just something that can sit on, the, on out on the shelf for days, weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is really the older style of, of making barbecue sauce. And it's not till, you know, it's it took a long time for sweetness to become this signature of barbecue sauce. And now every bottled sauce out there, has, you know, the first within the first couple ingredients, you're going to see sugar, or corn syrup or something. Right, like right. And it's all about tomato-based sauces mm-hmm. and, you know, all about how thick can the sauce be. And, and that's just, that's just not my bag. Like I, <laughs> I love, I was gonna, that was my next question is what's your personal preference? What do you kind of lean toward? Well, you know, those thicker barbecue sauces, they, first of all, they, they sit on top. Some of them kind of sit on top of the meat, like a, like cake frosting. They're so thick mm-hmm. and yeah. I'd, I'd much rather have something that is able to kind of penetrate down in through the meat and also something that's, uh, that's seen as a, an accompaniment, not something that's seen as something that is overwhelming the flavor. Right. And so if you're, you know, and, and always served on the side. I mean, if you have a, a vat of barbecue sauce next to you, you have a little bowl of barbecue sauce, then that is all about your option right there. Like, do you want some or do you not? Does the, does the meat need it or the, does it not? You get to make that decision. Mm-hmm. If it's poured all over the top of it, then that, that decision's gone forever. Like, that's just what you're, you got to deal with it. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, barbecue places here in Brownwood is called the Sticks Barbecue. And that guy, I don't know what he does to his brisket, but I, I go in there and get a brisket and sausage sandwich and, and come out very happy and very satisfied every time. <laughs> so okay. I, I don't know the guy, but uh, I'm giving him a free plug here on the show. <laughs> so, All right. The Sticks. I'll make sure it's on my list. Yeah. Over there on the south side. Uh, good stuff good stuff and uh you know he does a lot of smoking too uh you know you can take him a, a turkey and have it smoked and and he does some amazing amazing yeah. stuff with that yeah so. you know that's one of those things that a lot of those small town joints still do that mm-hmm. you know, in, the, in the big city they just especially when they start to get busy they just don't have any room in their pits for that but isn't that a great thing you know you just uh they'll charge you what a buck a pound or yeah a buck 75 a pound. cents a dollar a pound yeah, it's great great you yeah. just you know you went and shot a deer or whatever and you want the you want some of it smoked just bring it on in yeah and it, that's fixing to happen here the season is just getting ready to get in full swing now so yes indeed we'll see a lot of venison around uh so what can we look for in store for texas monthly barbecue readers in the coming months is there anything on the horizon well you know um certainly i'm always traveling all over the place looking for great barbecue and uh, if I find that great barbecue, if I find a notable barbecue joint, I'm going to write a review about it. Now, the couple of trips that I have that I'm looking forward to, I have um, a trip down to McAllen and Harlingen. So heading down to the valley, take a look down there for some barbecue. I have some hot leads on a few places, uh, and I'm certainly hoping for the best there. I think I think the uh, I think the on-the-ground intelligence there is uh, is good. The photos I've seen of the places that I plan to go to are good. So, uh, and you know, you can really tell a lot by the photos. It's it's kind of amazing once you've eaten enough barbecue. 
uh, you can look at those photos and get a good idea of what you're going to be in, what's going to be in store. And then uh, right after that, I'll be headed out to El Paso. Ooh, and El Paso, yeah, El Paso is a city that's not too fond of me. Uh, <laughs> I went out there on a long road trip, uh, or I went out there uh, as one of several road trips and uh, searched high and low for great barbecue, and I just couldn't find anything that was notable. And I wrote about that fact. Um, there were there were some in El Paso that took great offense to that, and there were also many that just basically said, "Yeah, you're right, but we have Mexican food, so who cares?" <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a couple of places that have opened up since then in El Paso that, again, I'll be out there scouting, looking uh, looking for the good stuff, um, and probably I'm going to find some tortillas served with the barbecue too. So oh sure, sure. I'm I'm planning on. Uh, writing something here pretty soon, more of an opinion piece. And it's going to be my call for uh, for the new white bread of Texas barbecue. Right. Uh, and it, it should really be tortillas. I mean, yeah. it just makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, if you have if you have barbecue joints with the choice between cheap white bread and saltines, then you might as well you know have have tortillas in the mix for some of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 great to eat. Fresh barbecue in a tortilla, a little bit of salsa, maybe even a little uh, guacamole. Um, but you know, also the leftovers. I mean, you're, <laughs> if you've got some soggy white bread in your in your container that you open up when you get home, there's not a whole lot you can do with it. But exactly. if you get a couple of tortillas, you can make yourself some leftover barbecue quesadillas. Absolutely, man. I, I had dinner already, and I'm I'm watering now. I'm I'm, just, I'm salivating here. <laughs> so, okay. So because you write for, um, for Texas multi magazine, you are a professional writer. I have to know the answer to this question. How do you, are you really supposed to spell the word barbecue? Oh, there, uh, there's like a half a dozen variations on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. There are lots of variations out there. And you know, really for me, I spell it B A R B E C U E. That's the you know Chicago Manual of Style. Right. That's the way they say to spell it. Um, but I think I've seen it Q U E, and then I've seen it. Of course, you oh, have yeah. the various abbreviations of you got that. Bar Bar dash B dash Q U E Bar dash B dash Q B B Q. Which you know I get in the argument a lot with people uh, who say that it's got to be spelled out B A R B E C U E. I'm like, well, not on Twitter. All right, you know, you 140 enough. characters less. Exactly. When you when you when you got that many, when you only have that many characters to work with, it's BBQ. Um, but yeah, you know, I've I've also done some research back on trying to find exactly how that came about, and as uh, as far as I could find, the, uh, the the abbreviation first, especially when the neon signs came out, was bar dash b dash q. Mm-hmm. And that was to save some letters. Sure. Uh, and then once that got recognizable enough, then from that point, in about the uh, late 20s, early 30s, you started to see people just taking the AR part off completely. And it's just B-B-Q. So mm-hmm. that became recognizable enough that if somebody saw a BBQ on a sign. They Probably would... a burned out neon sign, right? Only, yeah. Only a B was showing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More likely. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm always amazed at the different variations I see of. Uh, it seems like every year I come upon a new one. I mean, B A R dash B dash C U E. I just 
That's Marvel. almost ridiculous. You just left one letter out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You left one letter out, and actually, if you count the dashes, you have more characters in it. So <laughs> <laughs> pointless. Well, hey, here's something a little bit uh, a little bit different. Uh, you wrote a book about smoked meat. Yes. Uh, so tell tell our listeners about uh, about that book. Well, the book is the profits of smoked meat. And for the book, I traveled around with a photographer, Nick McWhirter. Uh, he and I traveled all over the state. We went to you know, 200 and some barbecue joints and over 10,000 miles. It was uh, one heck of a road trip. It was actually several road trips kind of broken up uh, over a few months. And, you know, it was, uh, it ended up being, we ended up compiling kind of the ultimate barbecue road trip book that looked at every region of Texas, looked at the regional variations. We talked about the good and the bad. Uh, we talked about the patterns that you'd find, you know, that you'd go out to East Texas and, uh, all along that Louisiana border, you'd get the smoked boudin. You know, we talked about going out to the hill country and finding that barbecue that was cooked directly over the mesquite coals. Mm. Uh, it was really fun to see that sort of variation. It was the first time that I'd really gotten all over Texas to try the barbecue and having done it all within about a six month period, it, well, to say the least, it made an impression, but uh, it was just really changed my kind of whole worldview about what Texas barbecue was and just how much variation there was across the state. Wow. So how can uh, folks obtain the book? Oh, uh, you know, you can get it on Amazon. It's uh, it's out there. Uh, it's still in quite a few bookstores out there as well. So it's it's only two years old now. So it's certainly still still relevant a few of the places in there have closed since then as barbecue joints do especially the small town places and quite a few new ones have opened so uh you know the the best thing now is tmbbq.com is where i do most of my writing and so as far as all the new stuff that's that's where to keep up with it fantastic you know i really want to thank you for coming on the show today and i'd like uh for you to kind of let listeners know you mentioned uh the, the website there but what are some other ways that they can follow you and uh, find out more about your writings well i'm addicted to twitter and so you can very good you, you can get me on twitter at at bbq snob okay uh, excellent and and then also the texas monthly barbecue site tmbbq uh, i run that twitter account as well so that's at tmbbq Fantastic. Well, thanks again for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on. All right. And that's it for this episode of Voices of Texas. Thanks for listening. And if you love the show, please show your support over at patreon.com slash Voices of Texas. I want to make mention that Voices of Texas is a proud member of the Texas Podcasting Network. Subscribe on iTunes today or on your favorite podcasting app. And do you have a suggested guest for Voices of Texas? Well, head on over to Voices Texas. Yeah, VoicesOfTexas.com, that thing. And click on the nominate link. Fill out that form and I'll review your submission right away. No other podcast brings you real Texans with real stories. Thanks again. Until next time. Opinions of guests, co-hosts, and others appearing on this podcast are not necessarily the views of its host, producer, or affiliates. No part of this podcast may be reproduced or retransmitted in any way over any medium without express written consent of the producer.